Welcome to Friendship with a God. Today, we'll be hearing from Tom Cantor about what is a Jew by choice versus a Jew by birth. Let's begin as Tom reflects back on a past illustration. Here's Tom. I told you earlier that there were 20 Orthodox Jews who had come to understand that Jesus of Nazareth was their long-awaited Jewish Messiah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they had received him as their Messiah, and they're now attending a Baptist church of 5,000 people in Mexico City called Mount Zion Baptist Church. It's in the front row there. It's quite a scene. They're together. They come with their prayer shawls and their yarmulkes and their tzitzit and their, and their prayer books. And they're drinking in the word of the God of Israel into their souls. And behind them are these 5,000 uh, dear Mexican people. And they're looking at them and they're wondering, who are they? And after a while, they probably look at them and they're wondering, who are they? And everybody's wondering, who is these? Who is each other? And, the, and I, I, this, I had this experience. I went to church for the first time and 40 years ago, and I thought to myself, well, uh, I guess I've become a Gentile now. But I realized that's not what the Bible says. And so I want to address this. Did they become Gentiles? What happened? And the answer is really given to us in a passage in Romans chapter 11 where Paul addresses this. And it's interesting. And I want you to read this here a little bit in Romans chapter 11. Because he, he, he says here, let's start here in verse 1. Paul asks this question. He's writing to a Gentile church called the Church of Rome in Romans. And he says to them, let me raise a question with you. I say then, has God cast away his people? That's a question. You know, the verse before that, I I mentioned to you earlier, it said that God says, To Israel, he saith, all day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. So now, God stretching forth his hand to a disobedient and a gainsaying people, then right away the natural question is, they're not responding. So the question is, all right, has God cast away his people? That's the question. And Paul says, God forbid. No. God forbid. And then as I mentioned, Paul presents himself and he says, I'm exhibit A, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. But then you look around and you say, but everybody who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ seems like they're Gentiles. They're not Jews. In fact, I don't even see Jews that believe. It's an odd one, like me or somebody else around here. But in fact, after I was, first became a Christian, I thought, well, I'm the only Jew that ever, ever got saved. And then I found the Apostle Paul. And I said, all right, second one. But then he says, Paul goes on to say, what? Ye not what the scripture saith of Elias or Elijah? How he makes intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone and they seek my life. So in other words, Elijah, Elijah, he was actually interceding against Israel because they were after him. And so he was saying, oh God, look what they've done. They've killed your prophets. They dig down your altars and I'm the only one, Lord. I'm the only one. I'm left alone. And now they're after me. They're seeking my life. 
Then the script, then he says in verse 4, but what saith the answer of God unto him? What did God say when, when Elijah said that? And God said, Elijah, your eyesight, and I'm paraphrasing, your eyesight and my eyesight, not the same. Your math, my math, not the same. He said this, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Elijah's count zero, God's count 7,000. And then he says this principle. Paul says, even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. It's a very small part. What's a remnant? Oh, you know, a remnant, you got a big, huge piece of material, and you got a little piece left. It's the remnant. He said, there's a remnant left, a little piece at this present time. And he says, and it's according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is not grace. But it's of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Then he says in verse 7, What then? Israel hath not attained. They didn't, they didn't obtain that which he seeketh for. They didn't get what God wanted them to get. But the election obtained it. The remnant attained it. And the rest were blinded. According as, as it's written, God hath given to them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear, unto this present day. And David said, let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back always. David said, let their snare table be made a snare. Kind of interesting. Whenever I go to many, many Jewish people and I say, I say, uh, have you sinned? Oh, yeah, I ate the cheeseburger. Cheeseburger? Yeah, that was this terrible sin. I ate the cheeseburger. Shouldn't eat the cheeseburger. Why is it a sin? Because I ate the dairy and the meat together. It was a sin. You can't eat the dairy and the meat together. Why? Because of the milk of flesh law. Because of the dietary law. You can't eat milk and meat together. It's a sin. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's taken from a, uh, uh, it's really a, a misconstruction of a verse where God told the Israelites, look, when the harvest begins, don't do like the heathen do. The heathen milk out the mother, and then they boil the kid in its mother's milk to appease the gods. Don't do that. He just said, don't do that, but bring your first fruits into the temple. Well, it's been misconstrued to think that you can't eat milk, you can't eat flesh together. That's not what it means. But it's become, their, it's become a snare to them. Why? When you go back to the Psalms, where this is referring to, in Psalm 69, 22, it says, They gave me vinegar and gall for my drink. And you remember that happened on the cross. And then it says, Let their table become a snare to them. It's really a judgment. But anyway, and then it says in verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? No. God says, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles. It's wonderful. And that's what happened with the case of Joseph. Because when Joseph was sold into Egypt, how about all those nations that came to Joseph and got fed? But through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Why are these Gentiles saying they have 100% assurance that they're going to heaven when they die? I don't. They're talking about my Bible, the Jewish Bible. They're talking about my Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. I'm jealous. What do they got that I don't have? 
And then it says in verse 12, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I also, Paul speaking, and the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? If the first fruits be holy, the lump also is holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. For if some of the branches, we're talking about a Jewish plant, of branches be broken off, thou being a wild olive tree, thou Gentile being a wild olive tree, wert graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not thyself against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Because of unbelief, thou wert broken off. Thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed. We've got a picture here of two olive trees. A natural olive tree representing Israel, the Jewish nation. The root being the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Jewish Messiah. The branches coming off of him. And we have another olive tree, the Gentile olive tree, called the wild olive tree. And we have something in the Bible here talked about a grafting process. How does this work? Well, here we have two olive trees. We're going to call this one, a little straighter, the the natural olive tree. This is the, the Israel olive tree. This is the Jewish olive tree. The Lord Jesus Christ being the root and the central branch here and the branches coming off of him. The olive tree, the natural olive tree. Over here, we have... The wild olive tree, the Gentile wild olive tree. Here it is right here. There they are. So let's see, how does this work as far as the analogy is given to us in Scripture? Well, first of all, come over here to this one. I'm going to interview the branches. So somebody comes to this branch. And this person, this branch right here. And it says, and he's, 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 in, the, he's, in, the, he's in the straight, natural Jewish Israel olive tree with the root being the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone comes to him and says, Jesus of Nazareth was the Jewish Messiah, the long-awaited one, the one prophesied by the scriptures. You, like everybody, are a sinner, and he died for your sins so that you could be redeemed and go to heaven. Now, this person listens and he says, we hear him carefully, and he says, you know what? I believe. I know I'm a sinner. I know. I feel so ashamed. I feel so guilty. I've been looking for this redemption. I've been looking for this cleansing. I've been looking for relief from the burden of the guilt and that I've been going with for so, so long. I am so found now. I am fulfilled. I'm complete. I found finally my God. I found who God is. I found he is Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. I am in him. I am saved. And God says, and you are. He stays within the straight olive tree where the root 
is the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, then we come to this other person, and we say, Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We turned everyone, that includes you, to his own way. And God laid on the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. And all you have to do is put your faith and trust in in him, and he will save you from your sins. And this person responds, well, I understand what you're saying, but my mother died, my father died. And when they died, they said to me, promise me, promise me, you will never, never, never turn to another religion. You will especially never go to a church. You will never marry somebody who's not Christian. Promise me that I can go to my grave and always have confidence that you will do that. So even though I understand what you're saying, even though it may be true, I cannot, I will not believe. And God says, I heard that. And God takes his shears. And he says, I have to now, because you said, I will not believe, cut you out of the tree. And he cuts it out. And then we come to another person, and we say, we say to him, we found him, Jesus of Nazareth. It's the person who the prophets wrote of. It's the person who Moses wrote of. He came and fulfilled all the prophecies. Look, he was born in Bethlehem. Look, he was born of a virgin. Look, he died on a cross like it says in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22. We found him. We found him. And now it's time to to just be saved and look to him and live. And this person responds, I'm married to a Jewish spouse. I work in a Jewish business. My community are all Jews. Jews don't believe in Christ. We can't even say the name. I can't even consider what you're saying. I can't even think about it. I have to close myself. There is no way I would lose too much. I'm sorry, but I will not believe. And God takes his pruning shears, and he says, I cut you out of the natural tree. And he puts them over here on this side. And we come to another Jewish person. And we say to him, look, look, your life is miserable. You have no purpose. You have no, you, 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 you have an emptiness. You have a big giant hole in your heart. I know you're making a lot of money. I know you've got everything you can buy, but there, there's, there's such an insecurity in you. And, and God came to give you purpose. God came to fill that big, fat, giant hole in your heart. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And he wants to do it. He wants to save you. He wants to be your, your fulfillment. And his name is, guess what? The Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is confess your sin and, and receive him as your Lord and Savior and live for him. That's all you have to do. And this person responds back, yes. But I love my life. I got everything I want. When I have a desire, I fulfill it. I'm not going to have anybody rule over me. God's not going to rule. God, the master of my life? Bye-bye, God. No way. You want me to become straight? No, I will not believe. God hears that, and he cuts him off. Then there comes somebody over and down into Mexico down to the south, to Chiapas, to an Indian village. And he says to the person in Chiapas, the Bible says, all have sinned, even you, 
and had come short of the glory of God. You have sinned. Sin is disobeying God who made you. The Bible says there is judgment for sin. And that judgment is eternity in hell, in a lake of fire, with no relief and no escape. But the Bible says God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. He's a Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. That whosoever, that means you, believes in him, you don't have to perish You can have everlasting life. You can become a child of God today. He died for your sins. What is your response? And this person says, I'm so happy. I've been waiting for this all my life. What took you so long to get here? And he's jumping up and down. And he says, yes, 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 into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me today. And God hears that. And he says, okay, I'm going to cut you out of the natural olive tree. And then God goes and gets duct tape. And he takes the duct tape and he takes them over here and he grafts them into the natural olive tree. And he doesn't even know it. But now he's partaking of the root and the fatness of the Jewish Messiah. He's actually in his heart become a Jew. He doesn't know. He still looks like a chop. He doesn't look Jewish. But he's now, he's now, as far as God says, he says, I see you in the natural olive tree. I see you as grafted in. I see you as a Jew in your heart. And everybody's happy. And then come over to the next one over here. And this person is in Ethiopia. And he's in a mud hut. And he was just born one day, and someone said to him, you're a Muslim? He goes, oh, I'm a Muslim. And what one day, he's, he's sitting there thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get to heaven. I can't really be sure. All I can do is hope. I don't like living in this insecurity. And some Ethiopian Christian comes to him and says, let me show you in the book, the book of God, what God did for you. And he says to him, in that while you were yet a sinner, Christ, the Messiah, died for your sins. He died on a cross for your sins. He took all of your guilt. He took all of the, the, the wrong things that you said you thought you did. He took it on himself. He paid that price. He poured out his blood and he died for you so that your slate and your crime sheet could be wiped absolutely clean. And if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive this gift, because it's a gift, and God's holding out the gift, and he says, I give you salvation, all you have to do with your heart is receive it. What is your response? And he thinks about it, and he says, yes, yes, that God, my God, Yes, I take that gift as best I know how. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, come into my heart. Lord, save me from my sins. And that Ethiopian man in that mud hut becomes a child of God by faith, by receiving the Jewish Messiah. And you know what happens? God comes along and he cuts that person out of that branch, out of that tree. And he takes him over here, Ethiopian former black Muslim. And God takes more duct tape and he grafts them in to the natural olive tree. And he says, whether you know it or not, now you have become a Jew 
in your heart. You are now grafted in and taking part of the natural olive tree with its fatness and its goodness, and the root is the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then something starts to happen. These branches over here starts to move. Starts to move around. I've got to listen to what he says. And the branch says, I was wrong. I was so wrong. How could I have been so foolish, so stupid? I overcounted the cost. I overrated it. I said, it's not worth it. I knew I would give up my inheritance. I knew they might disown me. But now I see God is worth it. Now I see the inheritance that God has promised to me in the Bible is worth it. Now I see my need. Now I see the goodness of God. Now I understand. I've been reading and I saw that Moses, when they were in the wilderness and because of their disobedience and the snakes bit the Israelites and they were dying and God told Moses, just make a serpent on a pole and hold it up and only look and live. And now I want to look and live and I do look and live and I repent and I turn and I receive Jesus of Nazareth as my Lord and Savior. I embrace him. And God's so happy. And he says, all right. And God loves to go get that duct tape again. And he takes it out and he says, we're grafting you back. And he goes back to the branch here, to the, 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 the natural one. He says, now you're grafted back in. And it's a great day. That's the analogy that God gives for us to understand. The natural olive tree, the wild olive tree, God's listening for the response of each person. What will you do with Jesus? What will your answer be? Someday you will be asking, what will he do with me? But now is a time of decision. When the servant of Abraham came to get the bride for Isaac, Rebekah, and it was a big, huge party, and Laban was there, and there was gold going around, and and the servant was talking about the riches of his father, Abraham, and how he came to seek a bride for Isaac, and he was making the proposal to Rebekah, and everybody was talking and giving their opinion, should Rebekah go, should not Rebekah go, and finally Rebekah comes in, and it was as if everybody said, everybody please stop, silence please. And the question was asked, Rebecca, will you go with this man? Rebecca was the only one who could answer. And Rebecca said, I'll go. That was her decision. Whenever God's gift of salvation is presented, God designs it, it's not automatic. It's not automatic. Nobody makes that decision for you. You make it for yourself. God doesn't even make that decision for you. You make it for yourself. Because God so wonderfully crowns each one of us with the sovereignty of choice. And he says, now, we're going to step back, we're going to present, then we're all going to step back, and we're going to hear and record what your decision is. And Rebecca made that decision, and she therefore went and became the bride and the wife of Isaac. And each one of these, whether it's a wild olive tree, sorry, natural olive tree or a wild olive tree, had their moment when God presented to them the offer of salvation. 
Will you acknowledge your sin? It's not a question of whether or not you are a sinner. It's a question of whether or not you'll acknowledge. Will you acknowledge? Will you confess to God? Will you say from your heart, I am a sinner? Will you then turn and say, I need a Savior, not just any Savior, but the Savior, the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you do that? Thank you for joining us today. Now, would you like to receive a copy of today's Tom Cantor teaching on DVD? What is a Jew by choice versus a Jew by birth? You can get that DVD today by calling us at one 800 247 3051. That's 1 800 247 3051. If you'd like any other Tom Cantor resources, materials, books, or videos, you can also call us at 1 800 247 3051. That's 1 800 247 3051. You can also go to our websites, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or israelrestoration.org. Israelrestoration.org. There you can find Tom Cantor resources available at our bookstore online. Order anything you'd like or call us at 1-800-247-3051. Now, do you have a Jewish friend or know of a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel? Well, we'd like to put a gospel gift in your hand that you can give to them. God needs you to reach your lost Jewish friend, neighbor, coworker, acquaintance, or someone that you know of that's Jewish. Then he needs you today. We can help you to do that by putting a free Tom Cantor DVD and booklet into your hands or to send directly to them, call us today, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Again, God needs you to reach the lost Jewish people of this nation. We'll help you to do it by getting a gospel gift from Tom Cantor into your hands, 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow.